Howdy folks, your friend in the all industry, Tex Houston here, aka The Crude Dude. And by God do I have a whopper of a deal for ya. As you might know, humanity has cut its gallivanting to the absolute minimum. But we still have a glut of this goo showing up on the daily. And friends, we've plumb run out of places to put it. That's where you come in. Do you have a swimming pool you're currently not using? Maybe an old waterbed you could let us borrow for a spell. Even a set of inflatable sumo wrestler bodysuits, the kind that nobody plays with anymore, would even be of a help. Anywhere I can unload this crap, really. Oh, and the best part is, I'll pay you for it. This stuff has become so worthless and I'm on the hook for so damn much. Name your price and I'll be over with it this afternoon. The Born to be Mild Podcast. Hey, hello, and welcome back to BTBM. It's the week of April 26th, 2020. Here, as always, with Ronald Cabuno. I'm Peter Crawford. What's on the weekly roundup, Ron? All right, so let's see. <laughs> this week, uh, El Jefe recommended that we have citizens poisoned uh, by injecting the disinfectant with the help of a doctor into their bodies so they can rid themselves of the ro-ro. Uh, we know that that was the dumbest thing he's ever said, and we have people coming to his defense left and right. Uh, just more ways that they are not willing to uh, back down for anything and for any reason. So it's been it's been just the height of hypocrisy this week. Yeah, he's um, and he's tried to dial it back as he always does, and said, "Well, you know, I was being sarcastic. <laughs> I was like, yeah, check the tape, bud. That doesn't make it any better. And I've read the quote." And it's it doesn't it's not as bad as some people are are making it to be like he directly said that, but it's way bad enough because people in Kentucky are literally like on the phone with poison control constantly right now because people are doing this shit. Yeah, I think that it is representative of a lot of the problems that Donald Trump presents. Uh, number one is which he is never in the loop and doesn't care to be. So he has surrounded himself with some actually competent individuals, but he doesn't have the time or the patience to sit around for the daily briefings. So like maybe if he would have heard this stuff 15 minutes before he went in there, he wouldn't have looked like such an idiot because he would have never asked that question twice. No. He would have asked it once in front of Fauci and behind the curtains, he would have said, Don, are you kidding me? Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. And then it that wouldn't have happened. But you, you, what you were witnessing, what we were all witnessing like we do all the time, is that he is seeing this stuff for the very first time. And he is asking this stuff on the fly as it's coming into his head, stream of consciousness. And sometimes, like now, it has terrible results. Yeah, it's almost like he doesn't get any briefing at all before he gives his briefing to us. <laughs> he doesn't want it. And now he doesn't even want to give us the briefings because he's made such an ass out of himself. 
Yeah, it's a little ridiculous. The accountability that he's allowed, or I should say the lack of accountability that he's allowed to get away with from his own base. Uh, and that's why he keeps getting away with this stuff. They turn on Fauci. They turn on anyone. Just like uh, that meme that was shared all over uh, Facebook <laughs> and other social media this last week. The, the twisted logic of a Trump supporter is he didn't say that. And if he did, he didn't mean that. And if he did, you didn't understand it. And if you did, it's not a big deal. And if it is, others have said worse. What I loved about that quote was that it was like above this uh, little cackle of like high school girls. Like vacant looking high school girls wearing Trump hats and stuff. Yeah. But so it was just like, (laughs) so if he said it, he didn't even mean it like that. Like you don't even know. Like it's not like that. Maybe you understand. You don't even know. You don't even understand him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like yes pretty sure I do and that's the problem this man is pure evil um, uh, here's like, us here's us nailing down that uh, 18 to 24 year old young woman demographic not gonna happen <laughs> but yeah so I mean I was getting into the the Facebook arguments like this week oh the like, best you know, because it's just so bad and I love lighting people up because I have I have a lot of time on the toilet to fill and that's voluntarily <laughs> But so like I lit <laughs> Can I tell you how I lit this guy up on Facebook this week? Oh yeah, go ahead. I, I you right. actually did tell me, but tell me again. All right, well this is this might even be a separate one from that. Oh good. Because this was some this was some Trump dude who was totally just lighting up these two uh older women <laughs> on this one thread <laughs> because um it was a thread that was admittedly called like uh, party for November 3rd to celebrate the end of the Trump presidency. Okay. Uh, I just happened to stumble upon it because I was looking at some joke pages. And, um, you know, this troll was obviously in there as a Trump supporter. And he was attacking these old ladies and just with his oh, so nice thoughts. And I was like, oh, my God, so I really chivalrous. just have to, I have to light him up. I got to do it. So hey, I, I, here's what I wrote. I said, okay. dear Matthew Blank. you sir are the perfect foot soldier for the army of hate that you enlisted in you're essentially a little pawn toady and either you don't realize it or you like being that way which is fucking sick i prefer the blindly idiotic version of hateful matthew kissy face emoji i wish you and your kind nothing but defeat at the hands of smarter more sensible and more compassionate people at every turn for the good of all humanity enjoy mindlessly shooting guns or teaching kids to hate ethnic minorities, or whatever constitutes your average Sunday in your very blessed household. Middle finger emoji. (laughs) I love the soothing NPR tone you put (laughs) to the juxtapose against just the pure vitriol you have against this man. Because that's what it would be. I would love to just have that... um, that Jimmy Fallon, that soft piano music behind it as I was reading it, because that's how I feel. I'm not really angry about it. I just want to let him know in no uncertain terms that he's a trash person. Right. And no one wants to be <laughs> a trash person. Um, but, I, you know, everyone gets carried away online, so sometimes I feel like even with all the passion that I have for all kinds of topics, I know that I'm fighting a, a battle that this dude read your thing and he was like, well, fuck that guy. <laughs> that was all he took away from it. So I think he just called me a communist. Um, oh, well, that, that's even better. <laughs> it's a quick out. Yeah, it's real easy. It's in their handbook. And if they have to go do lunch or something, that's just what you do to sign off. Exactly. <laughs> By the way, you're a communist and you probably hate Christmas. Peace out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. 
There was somebody also who I am unfortunately friends with, but they were actually like still saying, I can't believe white Christian values are under attack in this country. I think they used those words and I was like, you can't believe that? Can I spell out all the reasons why that is a, sh- a sinking ship? You yeah. know, like, and, and I don't mean about, like we're... Tr- you, with regard to this situation right now, a certain no. health crisis? Okay. Well, yeah, yes. I mean, no. I think it, I think it had to do with I can't wait till or I I should be able to have my kids back in school and when they get back in school, they need prayer now more than ever. Mm. I, you know what I mean? That more kind than of ever. Thing. Yeah. More absolutely, more than ever. We need to alienate people who are not of faith more than ever right now. <laughs> I mean, did you see uh actually, I think uh, John Oliver spoke of this too, but uh uh who is it that uh said uh Kenneth Copeland <laughs> the uh, televangelist with his uh he was going to blow the virus the wind away wind of god yeah we've I mean, been playing it in this household all week dude <laughs> it has been the number one thing that we've been singing to our baby oh my god <laughs> just blowing the virus away thank god for kenneth copeland thank it is thank the best and, and we have a remix of this song that just absolutely slaps as they say it is so good. I will get you the link maybe while we're still on the air. So yeah, you I would love to hear to it. it. It's Absolutely. fantastic. It goes, COVID-19, COVID-19, COVID-19. <laughs> Co- <laughs> and his background singers are so good. They're these like, you've seen the clip. They're just like these fat church going stoogies who are just in lockstep with him. And they're all alone in this giant mega church. Because it's not allowed to be open. <laughs> right, right. Oh, uh, whoa. It was probably the best part of my week. <laughs> That's hysterical. Sounds like it right, has so, great lyrics, too, by the way. <laughs> it does. Well, it's all his lyrics, so they're, you know, it's just coming straight from the Lord. It's divine intervention, my friend. Outstanding. Um, besides Trump, you know, saying that we need to Ajax our insides, we have uh, the don't do or don't know if uh, Mr. Kim Jong is dead or alive, but uh, all signs are pointing to not so hot. Um, yeah. We had a sports week that started with uh, a couple sweet episodes of the Jordan documentary and finished up on, in my estimation, on Thursday when we had a bevy of Ohio State players heading straight to the NFL. Um, and we will get to all those. But I have a question regarding this NFL draft, okay? Shoot. Let's say that they are drafted into teams that have cities that are still on lockdown when the season comes around. Because I think hell or high water, the NFL is going to try to get this season going. Mm-hmm. But you're going to have individual states that are still going to be on lockdown. So I've heard that they might even take these teams to like red states or states that are completely open and are allowing this type of interaction mm-hmm. and making them play there. Now... Would you travel two states to go see your favorite team, your hometown team, play in another state just because COVID-19 won't let them play in yours? Um, There's a couple uh, caveats within there. Like, first of all, we're talking about the Browns. Um, like, what state am I going to? How far do I have to go? So, Oh, wait, sorry. I, what am I saying? We're, you can't even have fans for these games. Yeah. So, all right. That so, would defeat the whole purpose, right? So... I mean, no, I'm not traveling. I wouldn't. I wouldn't travel extra far to watch the Browns anyway, though. I I don't think I would either. You know, after last year's season ticket debacle, I don't think I'm going to be traveling very far to see them. <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, uh, co- college, however, I think I would. I would probably still travel to see the Buckeyes, and I think they're in a similar situation. Um, football is just 
way too important to these universities and the NCAA itself. It's they'll find out a way to do something. I, They're in a similar situation, but not if school is not in session. You cannot bring these kids back to play freaking football if you're not going to have them come back to learn when that's supposedly what they're there for primarily. Yeah, that's true, actually. I hadn't thought about that. Not happen. You know, I mean, that would like, I mean, that's like some plantation mentality right there, you know, <laughs> especially be, especially on the, on pay the, the players, level man. Gotta pay when them. they're not even getting paid, right? <laughs> well, that's it, you know, because these ripple effects from football not happening are going to be felt all the way down the food chain. So, like, there won't be women's lacrosse next year if they can't get some of these games in or, you know, some some stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. It's too important to uh, a lot of the school's entire athletic department as a whole. You know, you have, you have yeah. stuff like, uh, you know, Kansas, Kentucky, where their basketball uh, program is going to run everything. But football is huge, and it's huge for the NCAA. So, Well, you're going to have those same kind of problems with basketball. You just might have it a little farther back in the calendar where you might have more advances in the technology to fight the disease and or uh, less transmission during that season or something like that. But uh, these things are going to affect all the team sports uh, for the foreseeable future. And... The college people, they're not getting paid, so if they're not in school, they should not they should not have to play, right? I agreed 100%. Okay. But as far as the pros go, um, if you signed a contract and your team can find some way to ship you over to Albuquerque to play your season, do you have a choice? I mean, like, I don't know if that's in their contracts. Like, Can you imagine? Like, It's probably on the same lines as Hurricane Katrina, where you basically have to just go play in Houston. That's exactly what it would be like. And if these guys want to get paid, they'll do it. And ultimately, they all want to get paid. So, they yeah, really do. They'll still, they'll still play. They'll play in Especially whatever when you look spot at you when, tell them to. When you look at, like, um, all the people in the Players Union voted for that 17th stupid game just because they were going to get more money. It was all about like, money. Yeah. yeah. So, like, it adds nothing to the schedule. It takes away from, like, the cohesion of the calendar. Um, but it's just all these young people who aren't superstars making the trillions of dollars that are like, yo, we need that one extra more payday. And yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, but I would imagine they're going to have to do something for that. They're, they're canceling everything right now. They canceled the the national spelling bee was canceled. Um, Oktoberfest canceled for the first time since world war two. So, uh, that's kind of a big deal over there. I have a friend, actually a pretty close friend who, uh, tries to make it over there every year, and this will be his first year in like seven or eight years uh, that he's not going to be able to go. So he's pretty upset about that. So that's mm-hmm. kind of a big deal. Um, so you've got to imagine that of all of the the sort of events and the leagues and stuff that are going to shut stuff down, the one that's going to be working the hardest to make sure they can still make their season happen will definitely be the NFL. But it's definitely, like I said, going to be contingent on a state-to-state basis. <sighs> There's a pretty broad appeal in all 50 of them. I mean, uh, no, I'm talking about like whether or not you're going to allow that activity as a governor to go on in your state. Oh, well, I'm sure money will exchange hands and it will be allowed. You think so? Because, I mean, there could be some states that are having, you know, some surges. Um, it's possible. I mean, yeah, you could say that, oh, we can't go to, you know, what, what's a red New state? York. We can't. You can't wait. Or let's say you can't. Let's say New York isn't allowing sports to take place. Which De- is definitely not a red state, right but okay. <laughs> no, I, that's why I mean you. Were, you will have to go to a red state to play. Yeah, because those well, are more likely to be open. So you go to somewhere like Arkansas, Alabama, uh, yeah, Wyoming. You know where there's s- small populace, and exactly. for the most part, yeah, you're not going to have to deal with any kind of crowds. Uh, but following now you're dealing with 
you have the support staff and the families and all this tangential stuff, it's it's so difficult to lock everybody down. And you can't take do temperature scans. Um, you, you can't think that those are going to solve the issue because obviously you could be have been asymptomatic before you're showing, you know, a fever. Yeah, we have to, I mean, we're looking at this through the lens of today. Who knows where we're going to be in four months, if it's going to be better, if it's going to be worse. You know, they are talking a lot about it being a, a much worse uh, strain coming back in the fall during flu season. So we're, we're by far in a way, not anywhere yeah. near through this tunnel. But if anyone is going to make it happen, the NFL will find a way. They have pockets deeper than Scrooge McDuck. And they'll figure out a way that they can play sports and get it televised. I mean, you look at what ESPN did with the draft. It was just... I was going to say, I will agree, only because they are really great at putting on a show. and They um, figure out a way. And the need for the NFL is so insatiable that, um, yeah. It is. I think the the fans will help them. They'll, like, enable them. 100%. Who who wants to risk getting coronavirus just so you could be the water boy for the the Giants this week? Right. All the hands go up. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Everyone is volunteering. Because uh, I I was a little bit skeptical going in to see uh, what the draft was going to be like because I knew they weren't doing it live. They're not going to be in some giant hall. And you need that crowd atmosphere, the noise, the fans. And they actually did a hell of a job. You got uh, Goodell sitting in his basement at home, and then uh, the the producers of the show uh, behind the scenes, they basically have uh, fans at home who are streaming, and they've got them on this big, giant, like, conglomerate of all these different fans' faces, and they still got the booze coming for as soon as Goodell started, and he was still welcoming (laughs) the booze. That's the best part. It really felt good. You had had a split screen going on with Herb Street and the other analysts talking about each player. You still had the clips. Lots of clips of uh, fans at home who were streaming stuff. It was, it was good. I really commend ESPN for the way they handled that. And if they, oh sure, the two of them, they don't, they know how to put. Out oh the yeah, product. they're not messing around. So I, I would assume that uh, the NFL and you know whoever they're they're working with, CBS or Fox or whoever, ESPN, they'll figure out a way to make this work. It will happen. Mm-hmm. I, I think we're going to have football this year. I hope we have college football this year, but we'll see. Buddy, I don't know. um makes me sad i know i know but speaking speaking of uh football we had the browns and the bengals helmet astride mr dewine or uh, excuse me governor dewine this week did you see that i did not it was pretty cool and it was like one of these times where we were i was sitting there wondering all right what kind of new orders are going to come out because they're reopening the state on the first and we don't have like mask orders in place like a lot of other states do or some other states do at neighboring states even and i was looking at his tact and he didn't have dr amy on for a couple days probably because she needed a break um sure. just from all the pushback that she's been getting you know God. she's probably exhausted the pushback Ugh. against right. nurses so, and doctors like what is wrong with you people <laughs> it's bad it's absolutely bad and then you have nurses i saw a nurse that I'm friends with. She's like, please, just don't call us heroes. That's totally patronizing. Just give us the shit we need to do our jobs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're everyone's like a fucking from, hero right now. It's hilarious. the guy from AAA that gets you off of a rainy side of the road is could also be a hero, but he's also just doing his job because he's got a truck that is equipped with everything he needs to get you the hell right, out. Right. We don't want to totally destroy the meaning of the word, but if 
It's like you got the, the guy bragging your groceries, just singing along to Enrique Iglesias. Like, I can be a hero, baby. It's like, yeah, like they're going to be heroes next year and 10 years from now. And whether they're, you know, checking a swollen bump on a kid's arm or say, you know, like they're doing their job. They're just doing what they're doing. The problem is, is you're hamstringing them. That's all they're saying. Yeah, and they're not happy. So about we don't it. need to lift them up into the heavens. We just need to make sure that they can accurately <laughs> have the uh, shit that they fulfill need. <laughs> their job description exactly. But so um, I thought that Dewine was going to slip in this like uh, mantra of a team sport because he was had this scientist on instead of Doctor Amy, and he was talking about how a mask's effectiveness is essentially team sport thinking where everybody's in it for one another and you have to help him and he'll help you and that's how everybody stays safe but um yeah so like he had the perfect segue into his like football helmet thing that he was themed for the day and it never happened so um there's going to be a rollout on monday of the state's three-phase plan with specifics and i think we're gonna see probably maybe some kind of mask ordinance for businesses like i don't know i would i would feel pretty good about having to mandate that a business everyone in a business has to wear one uh that works there or even if you go further everyone that enters a business has to wear one mm-hmm. and you might have to ha- find people or you know like say that you're going to find people or threaten them that you're going to enforce this. If you're going to put this on the books because you want to keep everyone safe, if not, then don't do it. Because when you just suggest that people wear masks, nobody wears a mask, especially in Youngstown, Ohio. No, no, nobody gives a shit. Yeah, the suggestion thing is hilarious. Whenever we go outside, Grace and I are the only ones who have a mask on. It, it's Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And there's people out everywhere. Now, if we go inside like CVS or something, yeah, the people in there are wearing masks. But just walking around the neighborhood, fuck no. You know all the tra- uh, the yeah. foot traffic in this area too. People running and the walking their dogs and stuff. Nobody gives a shit. That's unfortunate because we do have a really nice park system, but it is nowhere near as uh, you know densely populated as the one you might be on. Especially if you're on like the Olentangy River Trail. Um, you look at some of these graphics in terms of like windblown virus and how far it can spread if you're downwind versus oh, yeah. upwind and next to them. And six foot is a joke in some of these instances. And if you're running, you know. All these different factors come into play in the spread of the virus. So, like, you know, those clogged trails would have me given. I'd have the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, and we don't really. We're on the sidewalks more than anything. But it's uh, the the whole the six foot social. People have taken that to the point where they're it's gospel. Like, as long as I'm not six feet uh, closer to a person or whatever, then I'm in the clear. But exactly. that's completely it, it should be not circumstantial based on your common sense. Yeah, and the common sense says yes, you do uh, do the distancing. But Christ, when you're in like a building like CVS or a grocery store, you want to get in and get the hell out because the oh, man. the air circulation systems, the air conditioners and stuff can circulate the disease all over the fucking building. Well, I mean, you just got to imagine that it can stay airborne in a certain capacity for some amount of time. Right. And um, there are people who are coughing, you know, uh, an aisle over, possibly, that, that can get you. Yeah. I like the way you said that. It's going to get you. Yeah. It's going to fucking get you. It's going to get in your goddamn nose. Um, speaking of, did you hear about the um, the pantyhose on the head approach? Uh, is this for robbing banks or? Yeah, this is for stealing huggies like uh, Nicolas Cage in Raising Arizona. <laughs> I got the best one. (laughs) 
So they were saying that, and I was actually looking for pantyhose this morning when I went to the drugstore, but it's to keep the mask, whatever kind of crappy cloth mask that somebody made you, mm-hmm. you know, no offense to all the seamstresses at home, but these things aren't really, you know, real tight on the face. No. So you just give one more layer of the pantyhose wrap around and it keeps it real tight to your face without adding a lot of weight or unnecessary, you know, air blockage. All right. That's good. Yeah, for real. We uh, we, nice uh, we typically rock, rock the uh, snowboarding masks, which are uh, pretty darn constrictive around your face. Um, yeah, that neoprene is like really thick. Yeah, it's good stuff uh, to the point where sometimes I'm like, I can't wait to get out of it because it's a little hard to breathe. So. But I was going to say, you're getting into a season where that is going to be climatically very uncomfortable. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So um, what else we got going on here with this virus? There's always so much to talk about. Uh that uh, we're supposed to be on the other end of the curve, but uh, if you're looking at the total numbers, well, first of all, it's increased tenfold in this last month. Um, mm. You know, d- this is Trump not seeing it coming, even though we now know that he did. Uh, and there's all kinds of <laughs> all kinds of different things uh, that uh, have popped up lately, like uh, people in their 30s and 40s are actually having like strokes and uh, developing I saw blood that. clots because of COVID, and no no symptoms yeah. at all, just suddenly stroke. Uh, what went mm-hmm. wrong? Oh, you know, they had the coronavirus. Like, damn, bro. That is... Yeah, that one freaked me out a little <laughs> that's bit. That's a little scary. Not I'm like, lie. I'm a person in my 30s or 40s. So, uh, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and this stress has me feel like I'm having a stroke already. Right, every time I, I, I'm like, <laughs> I forget a word, I'm worried that I'm having a stroke now. So, <laughs> um, but they, yeah, they found out a couple deaths in California, uh, actually predated... Uh, the, the Seattle cases? Yeah, the ones that we originally thought were the first. Right. So they're having to kind of readjust. Um, like, people are looking at this like it's a big conspiracy because the numbers keep changing. But the adjusted death totals are not a conspiracy. Like, all these tangential fatalities matter. So the more that we know, the more that we're going to be able to go forward with a more accurate representation of how we're containing this virus, or if we are at all. Yeah, so that's definitely, like, just a bunch of toadies not giving professionals the benefit of the doubt under any circumstances right this is um a global pandemic like none of us have seen and you know for effing lifetimes right and you're having people try to be as transparent as possible while they're learning on the fly how to you know react and adjust to this and the fact that they're sharing everything with you and you know sharing their foibles sharing um you know inaccurate projections and and keeping you informed along the way is no reason to chastise them for being wrong what they're doing is laying it all on the table yeah we're it's it's not that things are are, are changing or someone was wrong it's that we're learning more and that's a good thing people need to i mean you look at these adjusted figures it's not bill gates you know flying in with this conspiracy hat on it's it's actually just us understanding more about what this virus is and they're using um, all kinds of different tools now. They've got AI uh, programs that they're making to identify, track, and forecast like new outbreaks uh, that's quicker to diagnose the virus, process your healthcare claims, uh, delivering medical supplies to the, the places that they need to be delivered to by drones. So um, all in all, the science community has been working together, and it's been largely a good thing. So I don't know why people are so resistant to hear this these new uh, numbers and new information. It means we're learning more. I just think that it's frustration finding its way out in many forms. Oh, for sure. So yeah. that's what you're looking at. Oh, but speaking of Bill Gates, did you see that like 
He's been going hard on this stuff. He really has been, and people seem to hate him for it. But yeah, he's he's all about trying to get a vaccine. We'll see how easy that is. <laughs> I got forwarded a nice long write-up from Gates Notes uh, from my stepfather this week, okay. and his really great write-up of everything they've been working on. Um, so he has been funding all this research that found that at-home tests are just as effective as the swabs that you get in the lab which means that they're much less invasive. So like the ones that go all the way back into your brain don't have to happen. They found ones that you could do just in your nostril and it's just as effective. Um, And not only that, but like those obviously have to get sent out, but they're working on a pregnancy type test that you could just have it come up yes or no in your home. A pregnancy? Wait. (laughs) So it's a swab that, you know, changes a code, positive or negative, right on the spot. You don't have to send it out to get tested. Okay, you don't have to pee on it either, hopefully. No, it doesn't go anywhere near your privates. <laughs> what they're working on are these PCR machines. And PCR, if I have this correctly, is polymerase or polymerase chain reaction swab analyzers. And so until you get the pregnancy type test, you're going to have these swab analysis machines popping up. And it's basically going to be like a kiosk. And until like everyone who has symptoms and all the hospitals are able to get their hands on this, it won't be available to the public, but then you're going to be able to see these in like individual businesses, right? Like uh, a cruise ship, right? Everyone line up, get your swab, you put it in the kiosk, you're good to go. You're not all right. You can't go to work, and you can. So it's it's going to come to the public in that form. It sounds like interesting. Yeah. So you're going to have continual testing, but made easier and easier, and made more and more local. Well, that's got to be a good thing. The more testing, the better. So, and uh, that's what it's all about, and that's what we're hearing. So, yeah. the only way to track and the only way to to get all this um, contact tracing underway is to get on this as soon as possible, and that means testing out the wazoo. Yeah, the testing right now is is a. Uh, I mean, because what was it? Just two or three weeks ago, when it was really difficult to get a test, and finally New York started getting their kits, and uh, we started getting kits around the country started realizing that a lot more people had this virus than we initially thought. But um, until there is a vaccine, uh, the, the testing is our number one defense against uh, the spread. For sure. And we know that the HCQ is not the answer anymore. No. That guy, I swear to God, like another reason that he's probably done with his press conferences is because of this hydrochlor- hydrochloroquine. Well, well, he's backed off of it. Um you know, I, he hasn't. He has not mentioned it in over a week now, and that's for good reason. Yeah, it's because, and he's not willing to, like we said before, uh, take any accountability. So yeah, he just kind of takes his finger back out of the, takes his toe back out of the pool. But it was a real game changer. Oh, it was because he was really pushing it, and because of that, you had. And the CDC is essentially a deep state conspiracy trying to keep the cure from the people, right? Exactly. It's not that it's possibly dangerous and ineffective. No, absolutely not. I was a pilot and I took it in Vietnam and everything's fine. Yeah, and it's, I mean, the problem, and people want to say like, well, he doesn't know, or they they excuse him for the the ridiculousness about the uh, the bleach and the disinfectant and the, the, the chloroquine and all this stuff. But however you feel about politics and our situation, it's simply unacceptable that you have the president and senior officials get up there and they contradict each other constantly. It's because you have a bombastic leader who half-assed listens in on smart people conversations and then takes bits and pieces up to the microphone. Right. It's a failure of leadership, period. 
Speaking of leaderships and failure, what about the heart of Kim Jong extremely ill? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're so opaque over there trying to get, you know, it's pulling teeth to get anything that you can really believe as fact. But I hear there were shaky hands involved. Yeah. I mean, mine, mine would be too. <laughs> Let's go ahead and just right. assume that if Kim Jong or Kim Jong Un is dead, that doctor is also dead now too, right? He didn't even make it out of the room. Yeah, he was probably dead first. <laughs> um, I don't want to make light, even if it is a, you know, a, a, a dictator that has clashed heads with uh, the United States for years. It is death. And killed so. scores of people, right? Yeah, Let's not forget scores that. of his own people. <laughs> Kept his people completely in the dark, literally. Yeah, no, make no mistake, the guy was a piece of shit, but um, uh, kind of a, I don't know, it's an interesting situation, because um, you just don't know. And what do you think? Do you think that... No, but we heard that he, like, was clutching his chest and he fell down last month. I mean, this guy... Right. If you well, are told... He's obese, he since, smokes. I mean, he's not in good health. If you are told that you are a god king from birth, do you think that you're going to have a good diet? Do you think that you have to? No. Absolutely I'm sure not. he believes he's immortal. Right. And they're so ass backwards over there, he was probably smoking the hamburgers and eating the cigarettes. Right. <laughs> Exactly. Do you know anything at all about his sister? Because isn't she the assumed uh, next in line? She looks like a stone cold killer. She looks evil. <laughs> like, yes, I, yes. She strikes fear into my heart. Her middle name needs to be Orchid or something. Right. Like, like something out of Kill Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to cross paths with that black cat. Yeah. I mean, when I saw uh, Kim Jong-un for the first time after his dad died, I was like, this guy, he's a puffed pastry. Like, right. he's not intimidating at all. The first time I saw this woman's eyes, like, part, yeah. half of my heart, like, froze over. I was like, oh, she's my God. She's sinewy. She's scrappy. You know, like, she could probably claw through your arm with just her bare hands. Right. Boy. No, but anyway. We, we're, so, we're posing I mean, a lot of assumptions on this woman we know nothing about, but. <laughs> I only saw two pictures. <laughs> I know, but that's all I saw. I might have saw one. <laughs> it was all in the eyes. <laughs> I could tell you she's evil. <laughs> Straight to the bone. But honestly, like, I don't see her being a benevolent force if she has to take the reins. You know no, what I mean? she's not going to liberate like, the people. I, I have no doubt in my mind of that. So, either way, we're looking at a real shit show um, because he was not present for the uh, the DPRK's, um, what do you call it, perp walk or whatever they do yeah, yeah. with all the guns. Yeah, their little, their little <laughs> ceremonial yeah, military yeah, show so off. Yeah. If he's not there for that, then you know it's a big effing deal. And they had satellite imagery that showed his train not leaving his compound for quite some time, you know, because that's how he travels. Right. And if the dude's not dead, he's obviously very sick. But I'm going to go ahead and assume. Um, and, you know, do you think that he could have gotten maybe a better surgeon and one who was a little less afraid if they didn't have such a, a, an iron curtain around their nation? <laughs> yeah, I mean, good call. Like, even if you were able to probably capture the best surgeon 20 <laughs> years ago, <laughs> he's probably been so scared out of his wits since oh, then. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, he probably does have shaky They probably They him. keep him like Jesse Pinkman at the, the end of uh, Breaking Bad when he's down in that pit with the <laughs> chain around his neck. <laughs> hey, we need heart surgery. You can get ice cream That's afterward. Right. <laughs> it puts the lotion on the skin. <laughs> oh, so enough jokes about dead dictators. Um, <sighs> oh, I had a few. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I had, had a few great Mussolini jokes to throw out there. Um, so basically, uh, you know, the coronavirus has been still in the front of the news, all kinds of different things. Uh, I think we barely got the show done last week when there was a shooting in uh, Canada. 
like a, who has a mass shooting? A big one too. Yeah, yeah, and it was like really weird. It was like all over the place, and I, I don't know yeah, that the there's world a correlation. Is seriously, upside down when you have mass shooting shootings certain, in Canada. Yeah. You know, uh, I would like to be able to blame the United States somehow for that, please, just so we don't tarnish that poor country's image. Yeah, I mean, because they're they're supposed to be the nice so guys. Little. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is you know, uh, March was the first month since 2002 that we didn't have a school shooting here in the U.S. Wow, what a terribly morbid <laughs> statistic uh, anniversary that is. Yeah, unbelievable. And Miami <laughs> just went seven weeks without homicide for the first time since 1957. Oh my, are you serious? Yep. That is a hell of a stat right there. <laughs> so they... How dare they stop shoot? How dare they stop ranging it out in the street? Right. So as far as we know, uh, there are some upsides to a coronavirus, maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, the drug... I don't know, like, are they doing DoorDash for drug deals nowadays? <laughs> Somebody just shows up with, like, an eight ball. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the usual stuff... Um, Basically, we uh, had another stimulus package finally go through. I don't know if anyone even noticed, <laughs> but uh, it is a good thing. $500 billion, and uh, they're trying to get more supplies to healthcare workers. And, um, well, yeah, you definitely noticed the, the that hospitals, it went through. If you were one of those small if, businesses that didn't get to get and, in on the yes, first round of funding. Small businesses as well, which clearly, because they blew through that in like days. That uh, And it was like selling out for a Bieber concert, bro. It was gone in second. Gone it was in sixty gone immediately. seconds. It was three hundred and fifty billion, I think, and then it was just yeah. like within a day, it was gone. And, and then nada. So yeah, they got more. Uh, it's good to see a little bit of bipartisan work in Congress. Um, so that's good. Uh, we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> another day, and they're going to be like, "Hey, small businesses, we need another five hundred billion." So it is so much money. And you know, like you have Mitch McConnell finally saying, "We need to pump the brakes on public spending." <laughs> You see, it? it's just too, it's just too much, guys. That's like you're like somewhere in between a Hank Hill and a McConnell right there. It's pretty good. Yeah. Oh yeah. God damn what? it! <laughs> a Harley Davidson. That's more maintenance than any man could ever dream of. So, what do you think about uh, a lot of Republicans have brought up Sweden lately because they can't wait to get back to work with the protests. Oh, 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 Sweden, Sweden, Sweden. All I right, mean, so I lit somebody up for Sweden this week. Yeah, so Sw- that was hilarious. Sweden, uh, you know, everyone else is out here taking all these measures and protocols to try to stay safe, stay-at-home orders, and Sweden is like, screw all of that. We're not going to do yeah, any of these- that. Yeah, these laissez-faire socialists. Yeah, we're not, we're, we're not going to bother <laughs> with that stuff. We'll be fine. And now they're saying, oh, well, now we've got herd immunity. Except there's a few problems with their entire plan. Go ahead, Ron. Yeah, because apparently there are weak points to a herd, <laughs> and so in the animal, you know, in the animal kingdom, that might be okay because you know you want to survive, and the species needs to promulgate or whatever the fuck. But in human land, that means that the old people <laughs> and the sick and infirm die. And if you care about that kind of thing, then Sweden's approach is totally batshit crazy. And anyone who wants to promote it is also batshit crazy. Yeah, their uh, their death toll compared to. Uh... Nearby nations like Denmark. Through the roof. It was just ridiculous. Like 10, it 20 was, times as many deaths. It was insane. It was um, like 1,900 to like 300 and 150. Yeah. Basically. It was it was unbelievable. Um, <laughs> and that, that's the uh, that's the example right now that a lot of these, uh, we can't wait to be out of here so we can get haircuts and go to work and yada, yada, yada. This is the example they're pointing to. Like, hey, man, 
If that's the way you wanted to play it, I guess you could sacrifice your grandma to the volcano of coronavirus. Yeah, I mean, what you're looking at is a chain reaction kind of scenario, basically the same kind of thing we were talking about with the NFL. Like, when you have that many people coming into contact with one another, and they're not in quarantine with one another, you're just inviting these plagues of infections. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, everyone wants to say, well, the, the sick can quarantine themselves. It's like, all right, well, maybe the sick can quarantine themselves, but the healthcare worker that's taking care of them is not going to quarantine right, themselves. They can't. And their significant other isn't. And the kids that then got sent back to school, are, are they not talking with any other children in school and then bring it back to their parents who then bring it to the nursing home and kill this individual? Like, that's how it works. So unless, it, it's, unless we're playing as a team, you're going to have people that get put by the wayside in large numbers. And I don't believe that uh, the elderly and, and you know, the immunocompromised deserve that fate at this juncture. I agree. I, it's Well, we're in a first world society. We're supposed to be humans. So I, I just... And we're supposed to be able to have the foresight and to be able to set aside possibly reserves or at least bend the monetary sphere to our will for the time being to make this happen right. and get through yeah. it. I mean, there's at some point you have to you have to look at compassion or empathy and you know we're we're supposed to be the most intelligent species on the planet so we should take care of ourselves and i understand that capitalism has no compassion no no it's a, it's a machine so, so and and it does listen i'm not i'm not fucking anti-capitalist but it's not fair to sit here and say that it has no problems that is why the neoliberal cohort has been so distrusted over the past 30 years Mm -hmm. because they say one thing and then F the environment over with the other or you know obviously ship jobs that help people overseas but hurt people at home right so we have we we can't talk out of both sides of our mouths and that's the truth speaking that supposed Trump supporters love so much but like we can do it on the left too uh, yeah, the, a lot of the problems with the left right now in general are that they don't have an organization. Um, they're so divisive uh, with the way that some of us are still establishment. Some of us are more progressive. Some of us are still really all about capitalism. Some of us are ready to embrace every European socialist idea that we can think of. And Yeah, it's a, it's a broad term. Yeah, and it's the, the way that the uh, Republican Party started to sort of split a little bit in the, uh, the late aughts if you will, um, with the Tea Party ears, you know, kind of looking like they were going to be the uh, the new Sarah Palin-driven hard right. Mm-hmm. But they, you know, they were splintered for a while, but they reunited. And unbelievably, it took Donald Trump to reunite this party in the most insane way possible. So, yeah, he was able to come in and essentially blanket the entire party and everyone's interest in one giant cape of hate. And they all were able to yeah. find shelter under things it. that they were you know thinking, I mean? but they they weren't they were afraid to say it. And then he started saying it, and they're like, "Yes." Well, no, you had you had the above water hate stuff from like uh, the Paul Ryan's of the world, where like they were basically just like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna cut all this funding and shit. We can't wait to do right. that." And so that was the out in the open hate. But then you had the you know obviously the stuff that they were trying to keep under wraps, and uh, a lot, I think. You know, like uh, Charlie Sykes, who's my favorite defector and never Trumper. He honestly is. He catches a lot of shit because he hangs out with Bill Crystal. But um, so <laughs> he always says that like he never thought 
that there would be so many scumbags who were just underlying, who were just lying low and being Republicans for all the wrong reasons. But now you see that that's actually true when they're no longer fiscally conservative and so many of their principles of the past have gone by the wayside. What's left? Yeah. And you're um, you're seeing governors, you know, especially like DeWine here in Ohio. Uh, I think that <laughs> really distance, really themselves. trying to distance themselves. But at the same time, you still have a lot of bootlickers like uh, DeSantis. I don't know if you know who uh, Rick Wilson is, um, but he's a former GOP strategist. Uh, worked okay. for years there, and uh, not anymore because, like many other former GOP things, he thinks the not Joe Wilson. He thinks the current GOP. No, Rick uh, Rick Wilson. <clears throat> he had a great tweet. He said, "Look at any ambitious GOP governor, and all the ones jockeying either for re-election, Senate, or for a 2024 White House run, a la DeSantis." And they're all vastly more concerned with Trump than they are with the health of their states. The few GOPers like DeWine and Baker are nuts and bolts, get it done, practical, and science-driven. But Kemp is a perfect peach. He did what Fox and Trump told him to, and the second Trump decided for whatever random brain fart reason, it was too soon. He turned on Kemp, if you will, like a dog. Jesus elected GOPers. After all this time, do you still not get it? Nothing you do will ever be enough. You will never get reciprocity for your risk and sacrifice. Everything he tells you is a lie. Your obedience and loyalty breed contempt and malice, and Trumpism does not scale. Yeah, I hear that, but I wonder, aren't they going to be able to circle the wagons if and when he's out of office in whatever husk of the Republican Party they're able to cobble together? I I don't know. I'm really curious. They will. They will scurry together, and they will see what kind of new society they can form. Yeah, I honestly think that the best thing that could happen to the GOP right now is for Trump to lose and for them to be able to kind of hit a reset button. If he wins, you're going to create this uh, kind of this perpetual motion machine to where they're going to keep trying to fill the office with those types of candidates. And I don't know that there's a lot of Trumps out there right now, but we'll they'll start growing them. They'll start developing Trumps in a lab if they have to. Yeah, I think my issue is, is that the Republican Party has not had to bleed for their sins enough. Mm. And they need to for a good long time, especially for adopting this shit. Like this guy, this guy is going to require a large amount of apologies for a very long time if you guys get kicked out of office. Like the amount of obstructionism that happened beginning with Tea Party and Obama obstructionists morphed and metastasized into what you see now I think that you really have to go you have to go at religion unfortunately because (laughs) hot goals okay yeah like if you look and it's so tough because all these religious groups and or business driven groups are the ones who are trying to divide people up more than anyone else yeah, uh, the divisiveness of uh, religion. I mean, I, do you remember the movie? The movie a few years back, it was uh, uh, by Bill Maher. Uh, what was it called? Religious. Religious. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, that's a good one. It was pretty good. Uh, but as someone who um, I'm admittedly atheist, not agnostic, I'm actually atheist. And um, the the one thing that I, I really enjoyed about um, that Bill Maher movie was that, or documentary, I guess, uh, was that he really he doesn't just attack like the idea of having a belief system. He exposes like all of the dangerous 
effects it has like on the way that people treat one another the way societies rise and fall the the, the class sex throughout the ages hate uh you know intolerance all of these things 100% those things need to be addressed because they're they're not outdated that's not like something that uh happened a long time ago or is only happening in the middle east or something that happens right here all the time Yes, and so the underlying factor is, especially if you're a non-believer, like essentially you and I, what you know to be true then is that all religion is the construct of man. And so therefore, all religion has the pitfalls of humanity with ulterior motives and power and lies and misinformation Mm -hmm. and you name it. And then when you give the passage of time... uh, as another factor in its, you know, the believability of, of said religion. Right. Um, it's just, it's just unfathomable how we can't all come to a better realization throughout our lives, but it means so much to so many people. Yeah. And I, I don't have a problem with that. My father was a religious man. My mother, um, she still says she's a Christian and I, I understand that. And especially for people who, uh, really, are in a situation where they don't have a lot or they're close to knocking on death's door. They're sick. You know, you want, you want that comfort and I'm okay with that. For so many reasons. I just hate when it like displaces the uh, liberty of others. Yes. And I don't like when bigotry and other things such as, you know, I just can't handle the church's complete lack of tolerance for uh, anyone in the LGBT community. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. I have family members. It just boils my blood, man. So, and the fact that they're still able to be considered, you know, less than just like the same way that they would with, you know, in a racist interaction, like you're, you're, you're saying that somebody is, is subhuman and less than right. How, where do you get the nerve? Like how, how shitty of a person are you that you want to put someone else in that category? Did you even read the new Testament? Right? Like is what part of this is what Jesus would do? So uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's the whole thing. Is this the most most uh, liberal show we've ever done? I feel like it is right now. <laughs> we're getting there. We're touching but on we all this stuff. Our, <laughs> I thought we were saving our religious extravaganza for Christmas, Pete. Okay, so you watched any of that uh, Michael Jordan thing yet? Let's talk about some sports because I don't want to talk about religion anymore. The Last Dance. Two episodes were out. You don't want to talk about religion anymore. Well, I... I, I that's fine. No, I've that's got fine. two I'm other just I'm just religious playing. podcasts coming up today, so I'm trying to keep stuff fresh. Okay. Yeah, I hear you. There's just literally an eternity of material to go Literally. Um, yeah, so you've watched uh, the first two episodes of uh, The Last Dance, right? On ESPN? Yeah, yeah. Poor Scottie Pippen. Everyone's Oh, he's got such a small contract. <laughs> No, and he made, I think, over $120 million in his career. Yeah, the dude did fine. He's a Hall of Famer. He's, I mean... He did very fine, yeah, He's yes. got six rings, and yes. He could have made probably three or four times as much. If you're going to have to be Robin to somebody's Batman, isn't it great that it was Michael Jordan as your Batman? I mean, I'm... It was an easy ride, <laughs> Not going to be I that mean, like, angry. You know, he probably berated you and rode you like a horse, but, you know, it was worth it right. in the end. It's kind of the same way as it is, you know, working for Belichick. And we'll talk about how 
you know, Tommy and Gronk had to get the hell out of there because they just had it with them after so many oh, years. God. But it's worth it to be with such talent, even if they're going to be a little hard on you during the winning years. Right. The hardware and the jewelry helps at the end of the day, too. Yeah. When you look back, <laughs> yeah, your hand is full of ice. Um, but, yeah, so, like, the thing about Scotty was that, like, he wanted that contract and people were trying to advise him not to take it. Yeah. And he wanted to help his friends and family and himself out so much that, like, he wanted that shit up front. And you can't blame him for it. But then, you know, that comes with uh, stipulations on the back end. Yeah, it really does. And you could see, uh, well, not see, they talked about it uh, in great detail, all the animosity that uh, came about between him and uh, Jerry Krause. <clears throat> yeah. And that was, it, it felt like all those guys kind of shit on Jerry Krause, didn't it? Like, Everybody God. shit on Jerry Krause, but Jerry Krause was the general manager that put the whole damn he thing did. The guy deserves discovered Phil Jackson. All kinds of credit, but they're always calling him yeah. short. Jordan's rubbing his he belly. Discovered <laughs> Scottie Pippen. He did. He did. And um, yeah. uh, Bomani had a really interesting insight. He was like, "Yo, Scotty grew four inches on freshman year because he was nutritionally starved and uh, yeah. thrived when he was." Grace at home. couldn't believe that so, how like, much he grew after he got to college. He grew like but six it was societal, inches. you know what I mean? And nutritional. That is like sad. Like if that is the actual case, like that's crazy, man. You know what I mean? Like this guy was being like kept down from popping off just because he wasn't getting the right amount of calories. Yeah, I stopped growing in like eighth grade, so I must have had fine nutrition or bad nutrition later. I don't know, but Well, you just had short I thought I heard you had low ceilings in your house, so you kind of just adapted. To it. <laughs> yeah, that was it. We, the ceilings in there were five eleven, so I couldn't break six foot ever. <laughs> Absolutely, we got no problem with that, right? <laughs> but still, it's so nuts. Like, can you imagine you come home from like uh, your freshman year of college? You're just six inches taller. <laughs> oh yeah, your feet are like hanging over the bed like a cartoon. Like yeah, I remember when I left. Now I'm... or like a body switch movie, like big, you know, like nothing fits nothing on you changes. anymore. You just come home, you're six four. I'm like, <laughs> all your clothes are like the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> Shit's all ripped and you hanging. Haven't off bought you. a new shirt or a new pair of pants yet. Oh my god. Um, but also in that documentary, you know, you got to hear the cool stuff about the beginnings of Jordan, like, um. I think it was Bob Knight who, yeah. like, during the Olympics, before Jordan was even pro, said that he was the best basketball player on the planet already. And there's a guy who, who knows a few things, so. I mean, that is crazy talk because, you know, as a Bulls fan, you know, growing up in the 90s, yada, yada, you don't know <laughs> you mean, or think about too much of that. As a basketball fan growing up in the 90s because weren't right. we all Bulls fans for about eight years? <laughs> yeah, you know, but also the Cavs totally blow and... Um, oh, no, they were pretty they, good at the beginning. And did. Yeah, they were, oh, yeah. Did you know Hot Rod Williams was the most, the highest paid player in the league at one over point? Over Price and Nance <laughs> and, like, Darty? No, over, <laughs> over, like, Magic Johnson in the league, not the Hot team. Hot Rod Williams, I, oh, my God. Yeah, what a factoid. But it was, like, this weird confluence of uh, new salary structure, and he was the first one to cash in. Oh, that's hysterical. But that is crazy, yeah. right? Well, he's, he was, I, don't, I think they said he wasn't even a starter at that point. He's obviously <laughs> just as good as Magic. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For sure. You know, late stage Kevin McHale. That was great, too, though, because you had guys like uh, Magic and Bird both saying, everyone always wants to talk about the 90s with uh, with MJ, because it's like, that's when he got all his rings. But it was be long before this dude won his first trophy. 
back in the eighties when he was just a, a, you know, his first few years out of North Carolina playing with the bulls, the team wasn't very good right away. Like almost immediately right. bird magic. All these guys are like, this dude's the best basketball player I've ever seen. Like he was already yeah. an absolute freak. And how about this for a stat? He led the league in scoring his fret or his, his rookie, rookie year. year. Now he didn't lead it in scoring average, you know, because a lot of people were worried he was taking too many shots. They were worried that he wasn't able to face the basket and get points. They were worried he wasn't going to be able to involve his teammates. They were worried about a lot. He of was stuff. the whole team, but essentially, <laughs> he was just finding his game. And to lead the league in points, your rookie year is unbelievable. That's, you know, not even LeBron. Now LeBron was eighteen, so it was a little different, but. But I mean, with that talent in the league and coming in under those types of old school system where like, you know, rookies really had to prove yeah. themselves. He he just like he's not bull by the horns. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, the two ne- uh, new episodes later tonight. Um, if, if you haven't been watching. So like in timeline, yeah. where does that leave us? What is going to be? I, the I next don't know. Thing they talk the, about? The, the chronology has been all over the place, hasn't it? I, they, they, it's been really nice back and forth because when they said they were just going to do the whole thing, all 10 parts on the one season, I was like, that's not going to work. All yeah. right. But what's that going to look like? Are we sitting down for dinner with these guys every day? Like it's going to, and suck. they've largely done a lot of but, stuff in the uh, season before uh, the, the 96, 97 yeah, season. They've talked a lot. About. It's a lead up. So it, but it's, it's been really, really good. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 psyched for it. If anyone out there has not watched it and you're a basketball fan, if you're a fan of sports at all, definitely worth time uh, out of your day right now. <laughs> if you're a fan of sports, you ain't got shit else <laughs> yeah. going on, so you're definitely watching this. Just even if you're a fan of of just, <laughs> I didn't get to see the ratings. Fast, oh, they've got to be high. I mean, yeah. and it's really good television. ESPN produces great stuff like that, and just watching uh, the competitive uh, competitive nature of Michael Jordan, he's like on another level. So even if you don't like sports, I, I advise it. Uh, Grace isn't a huge sports fan, but she really liked him. Nice. And I think also on the schedule, you know, hopefully sometime soon, is the Tiger and Phil Part 2. But this time it's going to be with uh, Brady, Brady and Manning. And Manning. Now, they said they might not get this thing off until a little bit later, and it will also depend on which one of the majors they're still able to salvage in the PGA schedule. Mm-hmm. But uh, this thing would be freaking awesome. I would awesome. watch the shit out of that. So Because they were saying that they would have Tiger and Phil teeing off from, like, the same place as Brady and Manning. So basically you got pros teeing off from the Joe's tees. So you would be seeing them like bomb over corners and go <laughs> yeah. for greens, all kinds of sweet On the shit. green, on your par five, on the, uh, off the yeah, drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So please, I will watch Absolutely. that. So um, I think anything where you have like skills competitions and you let these people like exhibit the freakishly cool things they're able to do uh mainly because they're sitting there with that ball or club 12 hours a day every day of their life you really like no one else can do these amazing things so people would watch um people would probably pay for a subscription for steph curry's (laughs) warm-ups you know what i mean so like i will watch these freakishly awesome people do freakishly awesome things it doesn't have to be in an official game capacity they did the uh we mentioned it a couple weeks ago, that horse game uh, that they were supposed to do. Um, I caught... I think they, they did it. No, they did it. I they didn't did, Oh, it. it was lambasted, yeah. boy. No one, no one yeah. liked it. It, it was also <laughs> yeah. really funny, too. Like, like some of the guys, like, literally just... Because they had to do it, like, remotely. And some of the guys just had, like, one of those, like, $100, like, 
uh, driveway <laughs> basketball rims. Oh no! Just, for yeah, real? and then like they go to like Mike Conley Jr. and he's got like I saw his place, dude, man. Was what? he had the indoor like dope? <laughs> he, it looked like a crystal palace. It was like it belonged to an ridiculous. entire organization. Leave it to a Buckeye. Oh. Leave it to a Buckeye to go way over the top with his home facility. Balling out so the gym. Funny. My goodness. And before we finish sports. And so I thought everybody's was like that, but I would like to yeah, see some right? of these rickety I, I think setups. they just go to the gym a lot. So <laughs> before we finish on sports, you have to talk about our boy Gronk going to join up with his boy. What do you think? Is, is, is Tampa Bay, does it mean anything? <laughs> Have you ever heard of the 24-7 champ? No. Actually, I don't think I've ever heard that in my life. (laughs) All right. So when Gronk decided to leave the NFL and start wrestling with Uh McMahon, he obviously worked his way to the top, and he's a champion in the league now. And the the very special honorific that he has is the 24-7 champ. And what that means is that he can be challenged for his belt at any point of the day. What are you like? Tr- you got to pin him? <laughs> like, yep. Yes. Uh, yes. You. Yeah. Exactly. It's feats of strength at any given moment. He has to be on the lookout. Head head on a swivel. All right. That's actually hysterical. <laughs> and so <laughs> it is. And so I forget. I think it might have been Bomani again. But it was like, how much would you have to pay Tom Brady to like just have him run up on Gronk for the championship? I mean, he's going to Florida now, so there's actually a higher chance that more people might run up on him and just tackle him. So, yeah, right. But they're fans, yeah, fan, fans they or them. on bath salts or both. So hell yes. Fans on bath salts. They make the best signs, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm definitely uh, seeing that Gronk and uh, Brady are back on the same team. Not going to lie. I'm more interested to watch a Buccaneers game than I have been in years. So, oh, me too. And we're going to see them on primetime a lot. If, and when we get to see some, Oh, absolutely. Game game. I, I kind of want to, I kind of want uh, uh, John Gruden to go back and coach there again. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I am good on John Gruden, possibly for life. Like, you know, I got a little bit too much Gruden when he was in the booth. It was kind of nice just having snippets of him when he was coaching the first go around. He stayed a little yeah. mythic, and he's a bit played out. I like. I always liked the quarterback stuff he did uh, with uh, the the college guys coming out. That was always kind of interesting. But uh, oh yeah, the Gruden yeah. grinder. You know what was what was yeah. really messed up? You said you didn't see uh, the draft, but um. It was so weird to hear them talk about the Las Vegas Raiders. Like, I don't know how long uh-huh. that's going to take to get in my head, but Las Vegas Raiders sounds so fucking bass backwards. Yeah, local uh, Youngstown kid got drafted by the Las Vegas oh, team. Nice. The Las Vegas yeah. Raiders, LVR. We always have a lot of people going to the draft. We have a lot of good football talent around here. Yeah, well, it's Ohio, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Ohio. All right, so wrapping up, what do you got going on in your personal life? What are you going to be doing this week? Well, mostly I'm going to do what I've been doing for the last five weeks, which is I've been busting my ass working out, actually. I've got... Oh, yeah, no I've shit. Got, what do you got? What's your set? My home gym. I've got uh, some dumbbells, uh, some weights and stuff. I've got great bands. I've got... Uh, like Bands are key, yeah. pull-up yeah. bars, push-up bars. I've got the, you okay. know, the big ball to do the uh, 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 core work and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I, I've got... Pretty much everything that I, you know, I would like to have like a bench and a lat pull machine, but you can do a lot of things with the bands and the dumbbells. So I've been, I've been killing it lately and I'm actually in like really good shape right now. I found like there's new veins in my arms again. It's crazy. I feel like Uh I'm 22. Mad pump. Yeah, there you go. And do you balance it out with a good amount of cardio? I do my best. Yeah. I try, we try to go for, ah, you're lying. Well, we try to go for (laughs) hikes and stuff and. 
Uh, I mean, strenuous cardio three to four times a week. Okay, no, just maybe twice a week. Maybe 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 <laughs> once a week. That's fine. <laughs> For an extended forty-five minute period, it, right? I mean, that's, I keep you know. my pulse up while I'm working out, so don't worry about me. I bet you do. I bet you're not. I bet you're not taking too much time between. No, sets. I try to get my shit done. I'm not trying to pull a Kim Jong Un. So <laughs> <laughs> too soon. <Yikes. laughs> That is absolutely. We don't even know if Mo yeah, he's probably dead still yet. alive. He's probably <laughs> listening to this podcast, sending a drone my way. Big fan, <laughs> absolutely. Big hitter, the llama. Um, <laughs> no, but um, we had a shitload of rain here yesterday. I don't know if you guys got that too, but like my path isn't done yet because we've been doing some other landscaping stuff. Namely, uh, I planted five trees in one evening two nights ago. Oh God. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my back's still feeling it, but now we've got a little bit more hedgerow going on uh, between us and the backyard neighbors, which is great. Um, but, like, yeah, so, like, the pathway that I dug out is looks like a moat once again. Nice, nice. And um, I don't know when I'm going to get to it. I was just so lucky that I was able to mow the lawn when it was kind of dry, and I felt like a bit of a baller because I sharpened my own blades. It was freaking sweet. Um, so, yeah, got a great cut in. And um, I love going outside, man. It, the weather is changing. The kid is loving being outside. Um, I put a little bit of baby sunscreen on her, and we had her out there where I was planting all those trees. She was so good. It was freaking awesome. I'm like, we're going to be outside all day, every day, as long as we can, as long as the weather finally gets above 60 degrees. Yeah, this is going to be a summer where people really appreciate outside as much as they can because we've started to realize how much we hate our houses. there's only so much you can do and i'm not saying you're rearranging deck chairs on the titanic but it's at least the loose yeah and it's just the the mindset of the overkill like god i just want to cancel netflix (laughs) 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 not gonna do that obviously but um no but you know what if you take i have a prime membership as i think a lot of people Mm -hmm. do um, you get to look on the Prime programming, and they're really crappy, just like Netflix in terms of letting you see what you want to see or find what you right, want to find. Right. But once you click on one thing or search one thing, it opens up like the Pandora's box of good stuff that you didn't even know was there. So like I searched on one travel show, and I clicked on some Rick Steves Europe, and then the next thing you know, it was like five different uh, documentaries on Italy. And on, then on painters. And I was like, all right, now we're getting somewhere. I found a back corner of this uh, little platform with some entertainment yeah. for me. So I, it's there. I just say, you know, maybe choose informative stuff or lighthearted stuff or whatever. I, I end up know. watching horror movies and then I get a, like 25 <laughs> rows of like horror movies that were clearly made on a budget of $45 and two. Oh, there's two so much Big Macs. Yeah. There, right. They've got like. Nine different production companies at the beginning that you've never heard of. <laughs> Each one of them threw in like 20 bucks. <laughs> They're just atrocious, but I, that's a, one of my... Uh, Trust Fund Pictures presents. Yeah. One of my guilty pleasures, though. So, um, yep. well, what do we got uh, coming up this next week? Well, besides looking for the next two installments of the Jordan documentary, which we will watch probably a couple hours after we get done with this here for podcast. Sure. Um. I'm back to work. That's awesome. So, like, not only I am back to work, but the wife is back to work, and we don't have a, a babysitter. So, things are kind of crazy. She's been having to close, and I've been having to go early, and, you know, do as much work from home. 
And I got to tell you, it's been a little nerve wracking and a little scary going in just because you see people who aren't taking as much precaution as you are. And you don't want to start chastising people, but you also want to say, hey, keep your distance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I still work from home, so it's <laughs> I don't have to worry about any of that. But I bet that uh, that's super. it's dope. a little stressful going back in there. I know Grace is stressed on the few days when she's got to go into the lab, so. It is, but it's also kind of a little bit of normalcy and getting of course, back to yeah. being productive in that way that is so familiar to me right. is is fantastic. Absolutely. You get to ply your trade. I mean, that's what you've been doing all these years if you have any kind of career or job that you enjoy doing. You know, it could be anything from whittling chairs to what, you know, whatever it is. If you love doing it, I'm sure you miss it by now. Yeah, I <laughs> obviously. People out there with a uh... Signs protesting to get back to work at the slaughterhouse or whatever the shitty job they have because, I mean, it's just people. We think well, they, we, I think those people need the money, Pete. I don't think those people really can't wait to go slit more. Well, throats. from from what I'm hearing though, is a lot of people are actually still doing okay with the uh, that six hundred dollar a week additive that they're getting on top of unemployment. So. I think a lot of... Uh, right. But a lot of people are still slipping through the cracks. And so... No question. No question. If they're angry, then yeah, they have a real grip. Yeah. No, I'm not trying to get in the, the face of people who are uh, financially struggling or struggling for whatever reason, but let's hope... Well, yeah. I'm just saying that everyone should be able to get the help that they deserve That's what right I was now. Say. And like when they were able to extend the benefits to 1099 people... To think that they were ever not going to be able to get it now that so many people are structured that way tax-wise with their employers was mind-boggling. Right. It was like, you are going to make so many people you know, suffer. So once they were able to take care of that, it's like, are there any other classifications of people who might possibly be getting the short end of the stick right now in a major way? Yeah. You know, you just want to make sure everyone's taken care of because this is crazy time, and and we do. We need to rise all boats here. Yeah, everybody keeps saying we're all in this together, and we're technically all in it together, but some of us are in different boats. So uh, we we need to make sure that everybody's getting uh, all the assistance that they can right now, and try to stay positive. You know, try to try to be understanding right now when you don't politically agree with someone. We don't politically agree with the president a lot here, but we're trying to Mm-mm. we're trying to keep uh, the country somewhat sane because we hope there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I mean, I wish there was really nothing to chastise him about. Yeah, that's I don't, I don't wake up in the morning. There is every day. Right. I don't wake up in the morning with that intent. It's just that I I it, it's you know, the stuff that's happening, so we got to talk about it whether we like him or not. And you know what, if he started doing great things that I liked, I'd be the first one to put my foot in my mouth and say, yo, hey, this was good too. So I'm not trying to be unfair about either. But Of course, but we're going to be real where we would say no matter how well he does, we don't agree with possibly his overall worldview, to put it mildly. And so come November, of course, we would still choose someone right. else. But until that moment, we wish him nothing yeah, but I'm not success. rooting against my country here. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's hope we can try to keep that closer to the back burner as time goes on because we are going to get through this. We are going to have an election, so... We have all of that stuff to look yeah. forward to. So uh, for next week, I hope everyone is going to watch those documentaries on uh, the Michael Jordan that we discussed. Uh, we'll have another edition of our movie quiz. We'll keep you updated on all the fantastic Corona and Trump related things and maybe some more sports, hopefully. Maybe some more uplifting stuff, hopefully. Ron, what else you got? Oh, you know, I'm sure we'll have about an hour or so of dispatches from the new normal. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, we just keep trying to dig and try to engage and trying to entertain. If not ourselves, then you guys too. 
Um, but yeah, I wanted to thank you once again, Pete, for having a wonderful show. I absolutely love doing it with you, and uh, we keep we keep finding new That's heights. That's right. The feeling is mutual, my friend. I hope everybody else is enjoying it along with us, and uh, we hope to catch you next week right back here again on Born to be Mild. I want to thank Ryan Little for the um, intro music. Check him out on SoundCloud. Check us out everywhere that you find podcasts, whether it be iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, you name it, yada yada, we are everywhere, and we are everywhere for you to find us. 